Just Breathe podcast brought to you by the Denver Child Study Team. I'm with Dr. Terzini Holler again. Hello, Mr. Nukasian. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Up and about. Without masks. No masks. No masks. We're ready to go. Uh, We have a very exciting, very exciting show today. We have a full house. We We haven't had a full house in a long time. No, we haven't had a full house in a long time. And these are the newest members of the Child Study Team. The newest members of the Child Study Team. So we wanted to give them a voice. So if parents need to, like, hook in and figure out who their providers are, who's on the Child Study Team, they can come and meet the new members through the podcast. We actually like to welcome you. We always put a little graphic up on the board. Um, <laughs> hopefully that makes you feel a little better. Next time we have, we'll have treats. We did have uh, some guests bring in treats once. Absolutely. That was very, very good. The parents came and they brought us some lovely treats from Tabatiers. Yeah, that was Sorry. nice. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what that means? That place, the name of it. I don't, but I'm sure Dr. Trisini You do because it's the, my favorite coffee shop. Well, I know, but what is the meaning of? Um, it's Tabatier. Hmm. Ta- I. Hmm. It's not coming to me. I'm thinking of it like a. Isn't it like the? I thought it was like the little box, like the tobacco box, or something like. Oh, um, interesting. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to look that Can up. Can you just uh, come a little closer to your mic? You can slide your chair in. It's okay. Yeah. okay. Is okay. that better? That's wonderful. All right, so we have we have guests in the studio. So here's the question for you. Um, let's say there's a group of individuals who uh, have different skills and strengths, and they come together to help. Is that the Avengers from Marvel? Yes. Is it... But that's the child study Justice team. League, or no, it's the Demers Child Study Team. It's the Child Study Team. Absolutely. So we're here with members of the Demers Child Study Team. What is a child study team? So why don't we go around and everybody introduces themselves? Wonderful. We'll start with our learning consultant, and then we'll move to our speech pathologist and our occupational therapist. So Julie, you go for it. Introduce yourself. Hi everyone. I'm Julie Wergal. I'm the Demers Child Study Team learning consultant. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. But Julie has a long history with us, right? She does. She does. She does. She started out as a uh, special educator in the district. Then she received her Orton-Gillingham certification through the Fairleigh Dickinson program. And then she uh, went out to get her supervisory uh, uh, certification through St. Peter's College. Peacock's big win last night. Um, And then she continued on to get her certification, her LDTC certification from Montclair State. From William Patterson. William Patterson. William Patterson. Sorry, pioneers. You skipped something. I'm I'm very impressed that you knew all that. Also, um, let's not see. Sure what, how you know all that? What did I skip? <laughs> well, we cyber stalk. Um, <laughs> we always come prepared. <laughs> Um, you missed the uh, uh, master's in literacy. Oh, she, had, she has, definitely has a just, master's just in. Jot that down. Somewhere. She has a master's in literacy <laughs> as well. She was our reading specialist for uh, several years, and uh, she decided to, uh, you know, continue assisting students of Demarest 
with her current role as her LDTC, Learning Disability Teaching Consultant. And she got that role during, you know, when people were not really allowed in school. And she's probably seen a lot of people through Zoom, not in person, and hopefully it'll happen if, if needed. You'll be able to do more face-to-face -face kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, how's that so far? Did I... Yeah, you did a really good job. Thank really you. Really good job. Really good job. And she also should be credited with helping me build the response to intervention um, for literacy and reading and um, a response to the dyslexia law. So Excellent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It only took 10 years. Yeah. I've yeah. persistent. Change you take time. Yeah. And, and personally, I probably pestered her for lots of stuff. And, uh, and uh, she's always said yes. Yeah, that's true. So, she helps. Yep. It, it goes a, both ways. It took a while to get her in here. She was, you know, a little hesitant. But she's Absolutely. here. She's here. Absolutely. All right, so it's all you. You can share with us anything you what want. What do you want me to share? Well, what is well, your role? How here? do you feel as an LD? What's the difference between, you know, being a teacher and an LD? And how do you feel about your evolution into the position? Um, I love it. I. I miss working with the students, but I like to, this role lets me analyze the students in a different way than the hands-on way. This is more um, collecting data and helping the teachers now uh, find how they can better help their students. Um, so I'm essentially doing a similar role, just in a different way. Um, I think it's a good learning experience. It changes up my perspective on things. Um, and you know, I'm grateful to Demarest for giving me opportunities to learn in different roles here. Um, so yeah, basically I'm working with the child study team and, and the gen ed teachers to help teachers um, how, find how they can help their students reach their fullest potential, um, providing them with interventions, classroom strategies, um, and programming if, you know, if the, they do come to the child study team. We work on programming, um, not just from normative data, but their functional capabilities in the classroom. Yeah. So, it's great, right? Yeah. Just like the Avengers, right? Just like the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big Hulk fan, so, uh, you know. Do I remind you of Who Hulk? would you consider yourself? <laughs> like, sure no, no, I would say, like, maybe, what do you think, Scarlet Witch? Is that, is that, she's in, or, I don't know, maybe Spider-Man? Spider-Woman? Spider-Woman. Spider Ghost Spider, I know them all. Ghost Spiders, by, you know, Miles Morales, there's five million Spider-Men now, so. Yeah, I'm not too versed on the Spider-Man. I could see you being Spider-Man or Spider-Woman because there's like that flexibility and agility in you so I, I think it's a yeah. good uh, yeah, good analogy spin you're working on the endurance <laughs> I think you're it's working the on the endurance <laughs> I think it's the web spinning that I think you have Jen over here. a okay. lot of endurance to be a child study team member yeah. absolutely our yeah. physical endurance right Jen we went to oh yes yeah. <laughs> we push each other <laughs> yeah oh, well that's great you, so you've been in district for how many years now 5, 16. 4, 15 16. 25 16 that's great well we have New members who are have recently gotten to district. This is the district of Demarest. And Carly, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and tell us your role in the child study team? All right, I'm Carly Fedesca, and I'm the new speech therapist here in Demarest. This is my third year as a speech therapist, but my first year here, um, and it's been going great. Everyone's so welcoming, and I really like the district. Excellent. Now, on, on a given day, what do you? How many? Um, like, what are you doing? Like, what is your average day? My 
average day. I'm working with the third and fourth graders, and I don't know how many I see in a day. It's hard to keep track. It varies. Um, but, you know, I just pull them into my classroom, and we work on, it might be articulation, so some kids, if they're working on their R's or their S's, um, and then I work on language goals with kids, answering questions, following directions, um, inferencing, all expressive and receptive language goals. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think speech therapists and occupational therapists are really lucky because unlike school psychologists or counselors, they really get to see the progress in real time. Yeah. It happens much yeah. more quickly than some of the other, you know, types of skills, executive functioning or, you know, counseling, social, emotional um, goals and objectives, I think, are a little bit harder to reach than the speech and the, the PT and the OT. I yeah. think it's more visible and it's, I, I think it's rewarding. I think your role, though, you know, I, I was a special education, still a special education teacher, if you can, um, I know that your role expands beyond speech. You do a lot of, uh, when you were, especially were working with small group, you're doing a lot of socialization, some, you know, games and stuff too. So yeah, it's definitely. a lot more than just speech. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Me? Yeah, that's great. So what, which, which Marvel? <laughs> I'm not too familiar, so. Okay. <laughs> Can uh, you assign me one? What do you think? <laughs> and what would you say would be a strength of yours outside of your, uh, you know, professional strengths? Mm. You like break boards or something or? I feel like I'm stronger than people think. How about like Thor? I have a Thor's pretty strong, right? Okay. <laughs> no, but, but she's saying, you know, she, maybe she presents as not mm, being as maybe strong. Maybe not being strong. But she really is strong. But really is strong. Okay. So I, I don't know the Marvel characters that well either. How about, yeah, I would say Captain Marvel. How's Captain Marvel? Sounds good to me. Captain Marvel. <laughs> I'm going to call you Captain. For now. Captain. <laughs> Captain. Okay. Right. Captain Carly. Captain. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Captain Carly. All right, John. Tell us about yourself. Hi, my name is Jenna Inello. I am the Demarest District um, Occupational Therapist. I work at County Road, Luther Lee, and the middle school. So I get to work with the preschool three-year-olds all the way up to eighth grade. So I've got a very wide range of ages, but also abilities, which keeps the day very fun and the week very interesting. Um, that way, you know, I'm working on so many different goals and just seeing a bunch of different faces within the three schools, which is really nice to kind of get into. Um, just like Harley, I am in my third year of being an OT, and this is my first year in a school-based setting. Great. What is occupational therapy? That is the number one question. I think OT um, is a very misconstrued, almost very big vast fields that you can do so much with that it gets a little confusing of OTPT and it kind of crosses lines. So OT at its core is essentially adapting, modifying, or helping an individual relearn an occupation. So an occupation is anything that occupies our time. That could be from sleeping to getting up in the morning, so your morning routine. If you, say, got into an accident and you couldn't brush your teeth and go about your normal routine, per se, an OT helps intervene. How can I adapt, modify, or give you the tools necessary to complete the skills that you want to do? And then, of course, that expands from just a normal routine into hobbies, into school, into 
basically anything that occupies your time. So especially in the school-based setting, um, I'm looking more into those fine motor skills, that visual motor complex. Um, we're looking into handwriting. So basically anything that kind of gives the students the tools to participate in the classroom. Well, I've taken a lot of OT kind of things for our pre-K STEM, where we're doing turning and screwing and nuts and bolts and screwdrivers and stuff like that. So I'm stealing a lot of it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm stealing a lot of that stuff when we're doing working with simple machines and stuff. Well, I think it's really important because I think with the advent of COVID and the use of technology, we see a lot of our children being able to swipe, right, on swipe, screens. Yeah. Um, but we don't see those fine motor skills like we used to see. For example, I always congratulate a young mother and father when I go to a restaurant and I don't see a phone in their hands. Of course, my, my family's always completely humiliated, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> and I see them coming out with the tic-tac-toe pegboards or the crayons. I really go up to them and I congratulate them for not being lazy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I did read an article once that some of the surgeons are not able to perform as well because they were one of the, hmm. right now we have one of the first crew of people coming up that weren't sitting with their parents doing the tic-tac-toe at very early That's ages. Interesting. So the eye-hand coordination and the, the fine motor coordination is not as adept and they have to kind of like work on that. Right, because you know, if you're sitting in front of a screen, of course you're using that index finger and awesome, you've got a great <laughs> pointer. But you know, yeah. if you're not actually engaging in play, and play is the best thing. Um, you know, you're <laughs> we always come You're back using to your hands. It's yeah. manipulative. <laughs> your strength building, um, just yeah. muscle building, getting that tone in. You know, you're yeah, using yeah. all those skills. Are you seeing differences in, in developmentally? Can you talk a little bit? About, I'd like each of you to talk about those <laughs> developmental differences that maybe we're seeing because of COVID. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of going on that whole tangent too about the technology, like. I'm seeing a little bit of that decrease in those fine motor like abilities, um, and that fine motor ability. That's like the stepping stone into getting into our school-based occupations, which are you know manipulating classroom materials, so opening glue sticks, coloring with crayons, using scissors, getting that hand strength just to be able to even use those tools. There's definitely a little decrease there. Right. So a lot of times, parents or teachers will say, "Well, this child." has you know a deficit a statistical deficit in some of these skills but they really don't it's because of a lack of practice yeah and the lack of exposure too yeah I see so. with tape dispensers like using the hand the handheld tape dispenser like pulling the tape out and using a little cutter that is a big struggle my students are having hmm. That's and you know scissors of course all the time scissors like yeah. just so, I mean, there's some, you and I have spoken about this. There's some amazing things that happened in COVID, right? Yeah. There's just some, a way of living that we couldn't have thought about before that's really beneficial, but there are also these negative pieces that we also need to address. Sure. So, what, what Carly, what have you seen? I, what my first thought is children not being able to see the young ones, right? Maybe not the middle schoolers so much, but young children not being able to see um, a person's mouth mm -hmm. and the impact that that has on speech development. I, again, read an article for um, that had to do with speech, and they're calling this generation the COVID generation, COVID kids, because their ability to kind of articulate is not really 
uh, is not following the same developmental traje trajectory as it did prior to COVID. Can you speak a little bit about that? What, what's been your experience? Yeah, as mentioned earlier too, you know, speech involves pragmatic social skills language. And so when you're not able to see someone's face, you can't really see the emotions that they're expressing either, um, which probably makes it hard for kids to kind of to read how you're coming off. Um, but even, you know, kids weren't able to play with each other and have those play dates. So I feel they're more isolated and they're not engaging as much as they would normally if they were able to continue with those play dates and seeing their friends and family. So, Chris, we always come back to play, right? Yeah. And, how, and we are planning on having a very special guest, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, who's going to address, from Sarah Lawrence University, who's going to address this issue of play. But play is essential. And what I noticed, because I'm an old lady now, right? So what I noticed is that when we decreased the amount of play in schools, so, you know, maybe 15 years ago, a kindergarten student would play a half hour in the morning, would have lunchtime, and then we'll play half hour in the afternoon. When we took that away for really trying to engage them more in literacy and math, what I saw was an increase in the need for social skills classes, mm -hmm. right? So now we have kids who don't know how to read each other, who can't problem solve and who always need an adult to intervene and it's really sad because those skills those people communication life skills are foundational yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like I said I as working out as a at during lunch and recess it's like a I feel like we're married because I was going to say to you Chris talk about your experience on the playground yeah, there's, I mean there's it's every day is a new thing lots of uh, there's no conflict resolution there's um, the smallest things I've never I would never even think about talk, telling a teacher or an adult about it you know I'm hearing about you know they, uh, the student uh, I, I was talking to them and they turned away and walked away and okay so maybe I find somebody else to play with but that is like they got to tell me about it I'm like okay you know, how do, what do I do? Do I intervene? I, I said, you have to kind of resolve these things on your own. The one thing we, I do do a lot is, it's like t from, from pre-K, is you have to use your strong voice and tell someone, don't do that. I don't like it. And if they continue to do it, then you tell an adult. But you have to use a strong voice. And I'm telling second, third, and fourth graders to use a strong voice, or they probably should have learned this when they were three and four years old. What about you, Julie? What are you saying? It's hard because, uh, you know, you had different roles at different times during COVID, so it may be more difficult to really articulate one specific thing. But what, what's your general feeling? My general feeling is that, like both of you guys said, and you touched on it too, those foundational skills are not as developed. So when you're put into a class and asked to do higher order thinking or apply those skills, so especially those kids who had, you know, were in the COVID years in first grade, second grade, all those foundational, even third grade it's harder to then do those they're supposed to be now learning um, using those skills to learn versus learning how to read and write and do mathematics um, so now they're spending their time using strategies and whatnot to apply those basic skills before they even are you know solving the problems or decoding the words or reading um, and the curriculum hasn't slowed down at all from what I've seen so now we're presented with a slew of um, initial evaluations and 
we have to decide or we're trying to decide is this COVID related is this not COVID related um, what can we do for the child regardless um, and then you couple it with sorry um, like oral language uh, you know deficits and then fine motor deficits so you're coming into the classroom with this foundation that's not strong Ooh. yeah I really think there's a huge incongruency turned off I think there's a very huge incongruency between what the state is expecting as far as delivery of curriculum where the kids are developmentally that incongruency existed before COVID and now I think we're seeing a very big gap um, and I do believe that the way to make that gap smaller is to allow children to play in pre-k kindergarten and first grade a lot more because everything that you need to learn in life you learn on the playground yeah. I, I honestly believe that the language would emerge there the ability to read social cues uh, problem solving if we just let kids play more it would help and then also if we re-looked at the curriculum and aligned it to what's developmentally appropriate to really using people like Piaget and and really kind of, and Bloom's taxonomy I when I was a teacher I loved Bloom's taxonomy really like looking at that and seeing how we can make all of that congruent because if not kids are going to feel like there's something wrong with them and there's nothing wrong with them right there's nothing wrong with them as a matter of fact I think in the long run they're going to be more resilient because they will have learned at a very early age that bad things can happen and that you can survive and thrive so they're going to be able to walk away with that so I think we need to recalibrate I think you know one of the positives about you know being home all those all that time is and as adults, we don't play per se, but when we get involved in a hobby, that's our play. Like, if I pick up a guitar and strum for 20 minutes, that's playing, mm -hmm. you know? Or if I'm baking, that's playing. If I'm coloring, that's playing for an adult, you know? So it's a little different. But I think um, that kind of brought up a lot. I mean, COVID brought up a lot more pe people getting involved in hobbies and distractions like that, which was a good thing, you know? But I think it was better for adults than it was for children, because yeah. it's different for children than it is for adults. Well, a lot of adults gained two hours to their time because they didn't have to do that commute. The average commute time, I think, is like 45 minutes. So, yeah. yeah. So they were able to re-engage in things that kind of felt their soul. And probably wait, too, because of all the sourdough that was going on. <laughs> <laughs> Except, of course, uh, you know, the, the moms who had to do the double shifts. Yeah. Serve as teachers in front of the screen and then also keep their jobs going. That was a big struggle. And we spoke about that on the last podcast when we had the parents come in. So, yeah. 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 Well, now this is the this is the kind of where we're winding it down. But at the end of every show, we have a very special thing we talk about that kind of everyone. It's a hobby for everybody. And I, if, if you're a Food Network fan, you will know the music for this segment. New music, ready? Hold up. There we go. I had to. This is our food segment. Do you know the theme song? No. Barefoot Contessa, come on. Oh, I love the Barefoot Contessa. <laughs> I didn't recognize it, though. All right, so what's the most recent thing you've made in the kitchen? Oh, who asked that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I made... Oh, my goodness. Oh, you know what? I did make homemade corned beef and cabbage, and I made it in two different ways. I made one in a crock pot, 
and then I made another one in the oven but I did my husband loves bourbon so it had a little bit of a mm. bourbon twist to it wow yeah nice yeah and um, and I made um, blonde brownies mm. uh, it doesn't go together but that's what I felt like making so <laughs> yeah well last night I do 98% of the cooking so made two different types of soda bread plain and chocolate chip as requested by my daughter she was nice. she didn't want the raisins so. <laughs> so I was making the soda bread but I did get a sous vide corned beef recipe that I'm going to be trying shortly I wait till after St. Patrick's Day you get the corned beef deals <laughs> does anybody use air fryers I guess um, I don't you do mm-hmm. do you like them I love it yeah, I like it a lot. I actually just recently got one, and I'm still kind of figuring it out. Like, what can I put in there? What can I not? I actually put salmon in there. It I came out amazing. Good. I thought it was yeah. going to, like, make the whole house smell, you know, sometimes. Yeah. But no, it was really, really good. It was so, like, the, the juice is just locked in. What's the first thing you air fried? That could be a harder question Brussels than the sprouts. OT. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts. Nice. That's good. What's the first thing you air fried? I also want to say Brussels sprouts because I saw a recipe, but I love making my chicken in there. I feel like it's always chicken. crispy on the outside and yeah. juicy on the inside. Like it per- cooks perfectly every time. Nice. But my brother made fried Oreos in his air fryer. Fried time. Oreos. Mm-hmm. Wow. They were good. But... I mean, obviously, you wash it out in between, but I usually just do meats in mine, so I'm like, oh, I don't really want to <laughs> any sweets in there. No, no cross. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, what's the last thing you whipped up in the kitchen, the world of kitchens? I don't cook. You don't cook? Oh, <laughs> I made peanut butter and jelly this morning. Uh. Well, but the reason she doesn't cook is because her husband runs the is the owner of the. I know, but it's really like a chef. Right? The last thing you want to do is go home and. Yeah, but, yeah, but the last thing he wants to do is go home and eat my cooking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so like, it forces him. I mean, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. The best thing my wife makes is reheating what I cook. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Julie, why don't you put a plug in for the Gentle Giant? Yeah, put a plug in. Come on, you know, let's go. Do you realize if we if if you if you looked at our analytics of the show on Anchor. We have um, listeners in Netherlands and Germany. So you might get a visitor. So for some reason, for some reason, we have a fan, a little bit of a fan base in Netherlands Mm -hmm. and Germany. Come in and quote the Breathe Podcast. Just Breathe Podcast. Breathe Podcast and get a free meal. A free meal? Wow. <laughs> what do they drink? <laughs> should, should I go with my accent? Um, <laughs> go for it. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So, well, that is it. I mean, guess what? Guess how much time has just passed by? So, you know, I just want to say something, Chris. We need to say that the um, the Gentle Giant is located in... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pearl River, New Jersey. Where, Pearl, Pearl River, New York. Pearl River, New York. I'm sorry. Yeah. When is the parade? On Sunday. This we Sunday. have some hot pastrami. Hot pastrami. Only sandwich. time of the year you'll find it. I mean, I'm Big fan of, I'm more pastrami than I am corned beef. So wow, I love pastrami. <laughs> so does my daughter. Yeah, very nice. Two days in a row already. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. So thank you guys for coming. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes and thanks for sharing your areas of expertise and where we are in historically and in, in the delivery of services. Sorry, yeah, it wasn't so bad, was it? No, no. no it wasn't it was so bad. Now, now you got to tell your family once it gets posted. Do you know we 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 could be heard in lots of different uh, formats? So Spotify, we're on Anchor. We're on Google. So we're in lots of different places. So, yeah. 
and I've had people call me and say, hey, listen, I heard your podcast. I'm sorry. You go listen to it on your phone? <laughs> Two of my daughter's friends, I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's fun. It's fun. Aren't you glad I bullied you into it? <laughs> I'm so glad you twisted my arm. <laughs> oh, I thought, no. Oh, now look at you twisting our arm. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> She's pulling you in. Yeah. The student has become the master. The student has become the master. Yeah. <laughs> you love it. I love that quote, yeah. Well, All right, well, hey, time flies. 30 minutes just passed by. Thank you. We had a great Thank little you. chat. Yeah. Now I'm going to close it out. Let's see. We'll, go, we'll do a little Route 101, a little Herb Alpert. All right, for Dr. Trezini Haller, for Jen, for Carly, for Julie, I'm Mr. Narkeesian, Chris Narkeesian. Thank you for listening to the Just Breathe podcast. See you next time. Thank you.